Make it nine in a row for the Seattle Mariners. They defeat the Nationals by a score of six to four in game one of today's doubleheader. We're going to recap the action, talk some Luis Castillo and more on today's episode of Locked On Mariners. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Locked On Mariners podcast brought to you by Blue Nile. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Mariners listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement jewelry as well. Use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. It is Wednesday, July 13th, 2022. And thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I am your host, Tidy Gonzalez. Joined, as always, by my co-host, Colby Patnode. We cover the Mariners over at InsideTheMariners.com for Fan Nation over on the Sports Illustrated Network. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. Follow Inside the Mariners at Inside Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, that's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. Be sure to also check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash control the zone. We post two additional podcasts on there every single week. And if this is your first time joining us here on the Lockdown Mariners podcast, welcome to the show. If you like what you hear, give us a follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this. And if you're watching Watching us on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, turn on the notification bell, and give this video a thumbs up. We greatly appreciate it. So the Mariners get off to a pretty good start in this series, in this doubleheader, this two-game series that is going to be entirely played today. Uh, they win 6-4 over the Nationals on the back of four home runs, and uh, this ultimately isn't going to be a trap series in the end. At the very least, they are going to walk out of, uh, out of Washington in the same place that they entered it. So that's great. That's really nice. And, uh, you know, it wasn't a, an amazing game for the Mariners. Chris Flexen didn't have his best stuff. He only, you know, did only give up one earned run in this game. You know, Mariners didn't have the best uh, offensive performance either, aside from the home runs. Uh, so we're going to get into all of that. We're also going to talk Luis Castillo, who's been uh, rumored to be on uh, the Mariners' radar. And then later on in the show, we're going as far as to, uh, build an entire trade proposal for Castillo. Uh, but first, let's hop into this game. Uh, again, Mariners win 6-4, uh, to four, and that's mostly because of a garbage-time three-run home run by Juan Soto. It was 6-1 to one in the bottom of the ninth. And again, you know, not a great offensive day for the Mariners aside from the home runs, but at least they were able to play add-on after a. Eugenio Suarez's three-run home run in the first. So that was good, and it was much needed. It proved to be much needed uh, later on in this game. And, you know, Flexen was kind of playing with fire throughout this game, was Pretty lucky to get out of it with just one earned run given up. Uh, what were your takeaways from this game, Colby? Yeah, uh, pretty sloppy. Uh, not well played by really either team, but as, you know, especially Seattle. They uh, they get the big home run early, and then after that, the bats go ice cold. Then they get a couple more home runs. Uh, Winker, uh, particularly impressive. Adam Frazier, why not? Sure. Um, and then the bats go silent again for multiple innings. They struck out 11 times. They only had two walks. Um, you know, they only got eight hits. Uh, so, you know, more, uh, strikeouts than, than base runners. That's, that's usually not a good, uh, sign, but they did damage, uh, you know, which is, which is huge. And, and, uh, it, it ended up being enough, but just barely, uh, Chris Flexen wasn't very good. Uh, I know the, the, People, oh, you went six innings to get one run. That's all I care about. And ultimately, that is all that matters. But when you watch that game, you can't look, watch Chris Flexen 
pitch in that game and say, yep, it was easy. Like it was, there was nothing. Um, the game was never in doubt. It was very easy. He cruised and, you know, the, the broadcast was really focused on the number of pitches he was throwing and how he was getting out of these innings quickly, uh, at least the first four or five. Yeah, that's mostly due to the Nationals ineptitude. Uh, the Nationals are that bad, uh, particularly when you get past the Bell, Soto, Cruz. Um, mm. You know, it, that that area. Uh, Kyber Ruiz is a pretty nice player too, but mm. that's, I mean, we're talking about Mike Calfranco and, and Lane Thomas. and Cesar I mean, Hernandez. Yeah. yeah, you're just talking about a bunch of meh in this lineup. So you get around those three guys, you should pitch pretty well. Uh, mm-hmm. And so Flexen, you know, he fifth in the sixth. He really struggled, uh, you know, guys on situations. Uh, you know, he was able to pitch around it, which is good. Um, but he wasn't – he didn't have good command. He didn't have good control. Like He's only struck out one guy. He walked two. Mm-hmm. Um, gave up more hard hits uh, alone than the Nationals did the entire game. Uh, Flexen wasn't good. I mean, it's it's – it's good he was pitching against a bad team because of that he did via the stuff today the stuff in command today uh, against say the Rangers. I don't know if the Mariners win that game. He mm. walked the tightrope for a long time, uh, got out of it, which is good. That's part of what being a pitcher is about. But still, I, I can't imagine watching that start from Chris Flexen and sitting there going, "Yep, I feel really good about Chris." The rest of the year, you should. Yeah, it was a very scary uh, viewing experience watching this yeah. game, watching Flex and Pitch, because it just kind of felt like this was uh, going to pop off at some point, and it didn't. You know, they got uh, Nationals had the bases loaded at one point, no outs. They ended up, uh, you know, Flex and was able to get out of that with just the, the one earned run on a sack fly. Uh, but, yeah, I think, you know, deeper lineup than, than the Nationals, you know, aside from that, Soto Bell uh, Cruz stack. That's uh, it's not a very good lineup. Uh, you know, Kybert Ruiz, Yadiel Hernandez, Luis Garcia. These guys have been hitting a little bit, but none of those guys strike fear in, in, in your heart. So, and uh, they weren't really able to take advantage today. And again, you know, the only reason that the Nationals scored four was because of a garbage time home run, a uh, garbage time three run home run. So that kind of makes things or makes the Nationals day look a little bit better than it actually was. But, uh, but yeah. You know, so at the end of the day, the Mariners get the win, and that's ultimately what matters here. And and again, it's not going to be a trap series now. Uh, at the very least, you, you're going to walk out of this with at least one win and, and go down to Texas feeling pretty good about yourself still. And that's ultimately the what the goal was going into the series. Uh, later on in uh, you know today, we're going to see Eric Swanson opening for Tommy Malone. You're probably uh, listening to this as the game is going on or maybe after that game, so we won't dive into that at all. We'll get into the game tomorrow. Uh, the... Um, Rain delay kind of uh, threw a wrench into our plans today. We're planning on doing a post game show and just having fun with that. Uh, but yeah, so uh, game coverage for uh, for the game two will be uh, tomorrow. So be sure to check that out. But uh, overall, you know, successful game for the Mariners and, uh, you know, a lot of power there. Of course, you know, Cal Raleigh, Adam Frazier, Jesse Winker and A. Eugenio Suarez. And it's good to see Jesse Winker especially uh, get on the board with a home run in his first game back after being away for about a week. And uh, he came back with uh, a new setup as well. Uh, the 
uh, stance, not as laid back, uh, bats more over his shoulder. Uh, it was pretty interesting, and, and it seems like his uh, his whole you know mechanical approach has has kind of changed here. What what did you see today? Yeah, uh, he certainly seemed to be a little more upright in the past. He was almost leaning back at the start mm-hmm. of his swing. Um, like the bat seems to be in a better position. Uh, it's he was getting beat by you know average fastball velocity inside and part of that might have been because the bat had so far to travel uh, from where he had started so he's changed the setup certainly um you know we we started to see him start to to kind of turn the corner but now after the six game suspension we're actually seeing physical changes to his to his setup um Mm -hmm. and to his stance so uh we'll see how that works for him I, i i know he worked hard during the suspension he said he hit every day to ryan divish um, and, he, and he found a tweak that he likes and he's going to roll with it for a while mm. and uh, we'll see. So, you know, maybe the suspension has a silver lining. Um, speaking of suspensions, by the way, the Mariners are done with theirs. Yep. Uh, they go 11 and one, I think, uh, during the, the suspensions. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it um, the, the brawl honestly didn't hurt the Mariners and, and, it may have helped Jesse Winker. We'll see. Uh, he had the home mm. run today. It was his only hit, though. Uh, but it was it was pretty majestic. So I think we'll take mm. it. And we'll, we'll, we'll keep track, and we'll see how this works. Sometimes these things work. Sometimes they don't. Uh, but so far, so good. And it certainly is noticeable, uh, even to somebody like mm. us who's who aren't, like, you know, Twitter-hitting coaches. Let's just be honest. Yeah. So, and- uh yeah. And despite you know some of the uh, offensive struggles today, you, you you mentioned the strikeouts and whatnot. They did score six runs despite not having Julio Rodriguez at the top of the lineup. I think that's uh, that's not for nothing mm-hmm. there. And they're going to get him back in game two. Uh, a lot of fun. Uh, looking forward to watching Julio Rodriguez just play baseball because that's like the best thing ever. Uh, it's incredibly fun watching him uh, play this sport. So uh, very excited for that. After we're uh, we're done recording this show, uh, but yeah. So you know, good vibes all around. Uh, good vibes only uh, with uh, A. Eugenio Suarez starting things off. Uh, had a nice little breakfast and baseball day. And uh, hopefully they can uh, tie this thing off uh, tonight and uh, get a sweep and continue their uh, series win streak. And continue their win streak in general and get to 10, uh, 10 game winning streak. That would be nice. So uh, we're going to be talking about Luis Castillo, who is apparently in the Mariners crosshairs. We'll see how much so, though, in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Blue Nile. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as them with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. And Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft their perfect engagement ring, and each ring will be a one of a kind. Looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing? Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7 available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked On Mariners listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement jewelry as well. Use promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-D-O-N, plus every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your favorite piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. You're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast, 
thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every single day. We greatly appreciate the support. So Jim Bowden of The Athletic has mentioned the Mariners amongst a handful of other teams as having discussions with the Cincinnati Reds for star right-handed pitcher. Luis Castillo, who's having a great season and is likely going to be on the move at some point to some team, whether that's the Mariners or someone else over the next uh, at some point over the next three weeks. He is currently sporting a 292 ERA, a 304 FIP, uh, 9.38 strikeouts per nine, 2.92 walks per nine. He's been really really good and would certainly help a Mariners team that right now is not getting a ton of exciting stuff out of Chris Flexen not really getting a ton of exciting stuff out of Marco Gonzalez and is eventually going to have to address George Kirby's innings cap so let's just kind of talk about the report here because you did write an article about this on inside the Mariners.com how much legitimacy do you put into the Mariners um uh, capability of acquiring Castillo here in the next couple weeks. Yeah. Um, so I don't think the report is, is made up. Um, I don't think Bowden does that. I'm willing to, I'm willing to give him that, but Bowden has historically not had good information regarding the Mariners. I don't know how many times he said that the Mariners had a, a, a traded for or signed Marcelo Zuna in the same three year stretch, but it was at least three or four times. So uh, he does not have good information. Uh, and to his credits, uh, to be fair to him, the Mariners don't give information to anybody. The, the Mariners break more Mariner trades than anybody else. And they're really the only team in baseball that that's true for. Um, so do I think that the Mariners are interested in Castillo? Sure. Uh, but I, I think, I think the rest of this report kind of falls apart because he specifically mentions that, you know, the Mariners have the pitching prospects to get it done. I, I'm not sure they do. And and if, if the Mariners or the Reds are looking for pitching to be like the, the big get back for Castillo, I don't know if the Mariners can provide that because Emerson Hancock, mm-hmm. his value is down, you know, and Adam Mako's value is down and Levi Stout's value is down and they're not going to trade George Kirby or Logan Gilbert. So, do they have the pitching prospects? I don't know. The teams he mentions here, the Yankees, the the Mets, the the Dodgers, the Cardinals, especially the the Dodgers and the Cardinals, they serve arms to offer uh to offer Cincinnati. So it's it's a little weird to me that you know he Seattle as the team to watch here uh, and specifically cites their pitching as the reason why it could get done. That that seems like that came from somebody else who's trying to, and I would guess Cincinnati uh, where Bowden does have connections uh, and where they can kind of put out there, Hey, we're looking for pitching when we trade Castillo, put Seattle's name out there. We know Seattle's going to be an aggressive uh, shopper. At least we don't know if they're a buyer, but they're going to be an aggressive shopper. Um, We know that the general consensus is their farm system is great, but they don't have what we're looking for. So let's use them as kind of the, the you know the big scary bad guy that the mystery team basically that agents mm-hmm. use on teams all the time so i mm-hmm. i doubt i i kind of question the validity of how much involved seattle is just because the idea that seattle could be a front runner but the reds want starting pitching seems to contradict itself because i don't think the mariners have that pitching to give yeah, I mean, like, unless they really, really, really like Emerson Hancock or Levi Stout, but I just, I don't Possibly. really, I mean, 
given what the consensus is around the league, around like prospect guys, I mean, you know, you look at someone like Kyle Glazer from Baseball America, who's basically like Emerson Hancock's stock has like just plummeted. You know, he's probably a reliever. We've heard these things, which I don't agree with. You don't agree with. Like, no one in their right mind would agree with, honestly. But like, there, what we, you know, what we can take from that though is that, you know, a lot of people around baseball don't view Emerson Hancock as a very uh, elite piece right now even though that he is now healthy a little bit and and pitching now um you know and then stout has had a down year uh adam macko has had a down year you know and then i mean is matt brash get involved in the conversation here the the thing though is like they they've converted him to a real reliever for this year i don't know if the reds would suddenly want to you know, ramp him back up to being a starter this year. So does that kind of impact his value to them as well? Uh, the Mariners are not going to trade Logan Gilbert or George Kirby because that would just that, that kind of defeats the purpose of acquiring Luis Castillo because you're trying to make the rotation better. And, you know, when you take Gilbert or Kirby out of the rotation, adding Castillo is not necessarily a ladder, lateral move, but it's pretty close to that. So it's just I don't I don't really see how the Mariners have the pitching to get that done unless, you know, and again, beauty is in the eye of the beholder here. So I don't know if, you know, the the, the Reds might think that Emerson Hancock is one of the five best starting pitching prospects in all of baseball right now, for all we know. So that's possible. I just knowing what I know, looking at things on paper, I think if the Mariners are going to land Luis Castillo, and we're going to talk about this later when we craft our trade proposal, but like. I think it's going to have to start with someone like Edwin Arroyo, Harry Ford, or Noel V. Marte. Like, I just, I don't see how a right. le- the leading piece could be a starting pitcher in this deal. Right. Uh, we do know, you know, there are a couple positives involved here. Uh, the Mariners do have a working relationship with the Reds front office. Obviously, they made the trade this winter. Um, they talked to the Reds about Mally and Castillo in the past, so... They should have a rough idea of what it will take to acquire either of them. Um, and mm-hmm. we do know also that the Reds did like uh, Levi Stout and Adam Mako. Uh, they were two of the pitchers who were offered, along with Connor Phillips, uh, in the Winker-Suarez trade. Uh, mm-hmm. And the Reds had their pick of the three, and they picked Connor Phillips. Um, but they were interested in Stout. We heard that about in regards to uh, Sonny Gray, for example. So yeah, uh, they, in the, the, at least this winter or this last off season, we know that the Reds were interested in Stout. They were interested in Mako. How much so? Don't really know. It's, it certainly doesn't seem like those two would, would be enough. If, if the Reds want a headliner who's a pitcher, Mm-hmm. Uh, then those two guys do not fill that void. And I, I sincerely doubt Hancock does too. So reports a little iffy. It's very generic. It's very, you know, Seattle's probably going to get attached to every single arm that's available. Uh, mm-hmm. You'll probably see it in Frankie Montas, uh, who's going to start this weekend, by the way. So we'll see how that goes. Um, basically any decent pitcher that's available team or the national reporters will probably say something to the effect of, Seattle's the team to watch here uh, because right. they do have a farm system that can go out and get guys. They do have a need for starting pitching. They are trying to break a playoff drought. So Seattle's going to be attached to a lot of guys. Um, mm. <clears throat> but ultimately, Seattle doesn't leak. Like they very rarely leak. So anytime you see Seattle, like, hey, this team, Seattle's interested in this player, 
understand that that's probably coming from the other side. Mm-hmm. And we probably won't know that the Mariners have acquired somebody until the Mariners themselves announce it. That's just the way it goes. Yeah. It, uh, it, it makes our job a little harder, but as a fan, it's, it's kind of fun because you never know. Like you get the tweet notification. You never know uh, yeah. what, what just went down. There's really no buildup. So it, it's, and if it does get reported beforehand, right, it's only like a couple of minutes before they actually right. make the official announcement, like the Jesse Winker trade with Jeff Passan reporting it. I think the Mariners announced it 10, 15 minutes after, uh, you know, the Robbie Ray signing, et cetera. Like it just, they, they don't leak. They don't leak. They have notoriously just don't leak. Uh, so, you know, I, w- I would assume that this is either coming from the Reds or another organization or, or something uh, here. Yeah. Uh, but it makes all the sense of the world that the Mariners are interested in, in Luis Castillo and considering the relationship that the Mariners and the Reds have built over the last nine or so months here. Um, it There's good chance that both sides kind of know where one another stand on the Castillo yep. front. So, uh, so yeah, so we'll see how it develops, but now we're going to craft a Luis Castillo trade, a deal that we think the Reds would actually take for Castillo that we would be, let's say, fairly comfortable giving out. We'll see. We'll see if we actually come to that. Uh, but first, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores, and it remains the best spot for all your sports scores podcasts and news this season it is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events including mma boxing and golf head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action bet online is where the game starts all right so i think any trade for luis castillo like i said is going to have to start with noel v Marte. Harry Ford or Edwin Arroyo, the big three for the Mariners there in in their farm system. And I think a good point of reference for us here would be the Jose Barrios deal last year, Mm -hmm. Uh, the deal between the the Minnesota Twins and the Toronto Blue Jays, the Semperio Citrano, and Austin Martin and Simeon Woods Richardson to Minnesota. To me... The comp on those two guys would be Noel V. Marte and Emerson Hancock. So let me just ask you this before we actually dive even deeper into crafting a package for Castillo. Would you just would you do Marte and Hancock straight up for Castillo? Probably. Um, I would try and, you know, finesse it a little bit so I could keep mm-hmm. Hancock. Uh, I don't have a problem giving up Marte as the lead piece. Um it's not ideal. I, I really like Noel V. Marte, but I guess I'm choosing to like Harry Ford and Edwin Arroyo a little bit more. And maybe that's foolish. I don't know. Uh, Marte's really picked it up over the last uh, two weeks or so. So uh, he's starting to regain some of that value. Uh, but it's possible that Marte's value dipped just enough that maybe they like Arroyo more. And, and Arroyo's been mm-hmm. good all year and he's only 18 and he's definitely going to stick at shortstop. Marte probably going to be a third baseman or a left fielder. So could they value the guy who's definitely definitely can stick at shortstop a little bit more? Maybe. But if they come to me and they say Marte and Hancock and it gets it done, I might try and ask, well, can you throw in Brandon Drury? Can mm-hmm. you throw in a reliever? Maybe there's somebody that we like. Uh, can you throw in 
you know, what, what can I get uh, instead or in addition to uh, Castillo? But I think at the end of the day, yeah, I mean, the Mariners are a game back of the second wild card and one and a half back of hosting playoff games. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what we're talking about here. And Castillo definitely gets them closer to that. So I think at the end of the day, I probably would. There's enough uh, concern about Hancock's ability to miss at-bats enough to be a number two. Uh, mm-hmm. It seems like he's probably ceiling-wise a number three at this point, uh, mm-hmm. which will sting. And, and like you said, Marte, definitely not a shortstop. Lose, probably lost a step or two. Uh, he's probably closer to a 60-grade runner right now. Uh, so I think he's probably going to play third. I don't think he's going to be like a, a 30-30 guy. Um, so, yeah, those those two pieces hurt. But, again, you're not trading an up-the-middle piece in Marte. In Hancock, you're not trading a potential ace. I, I don't think he's a potential ace. I think he's a, a very good number three-like starter. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are enough concerns about those two that, yeah, you know, you just – it's it's the cost of doing business. So yeah, I probably would uh, at the end of the day, but I I mm-hmm. push see see if I can find a little bit better deal. So, yeah, the thing that we need to mention here is Luis Castillo is under club control for 2023 as well. This is not a rental we're talking about here. So this is not some sort of like let's just recklessly spend because here's the opportunity to get into the playoffs. Let's just throw our best prospects and, and our best team prospect at them and let's just go for it and see what happens. This is not that. This is also a move to help you next year as well when, you know, maybe hopefully you're in a position where we're talking division championship series world series like that would be ideal heading into 2023 to have those legit aspirations so Luis Castillo would help and so uh, I like the idea of trying to get Drury in the deal as well so I think maybe we should try to craft a deal here for both Um, so I think you know, let's just we, we don't need to pick a specific name here at the top. It can be any of Ford, Arroyo, Marte, right? Like, I think we're good with that. Whoever it is. Sure. Sure. Um, I'll have to pull up baseball trade values, the best website ever uh, to, to tell you whether or not that deal is good. But uh, uh-huh, sure. No, uh, yeah. It, it, yeah. In all seriousness, the headliner is probably going to be one of those big three. Uh, if you mm-hmm. can get a deal where the headliner is Hancock, you should have done it yesterday. But right, today's just right. as good, and tomorrow is, is also good. So uh, I think it is going to cost you Marte. Unless they maybe maybe they love Matt Brash and he could be the headliner at that point. Yeah, it kind of sucks because you want to see Brash in the bullpen this year. He would certainly help your bullpen, but mm-hmm. you're not letting Matt Brash stay because ultimately Brash is probably going to be a reliever for Seattle. All right, so one of the big three and then Hancock – I think I, I think Hancock's got to be involved, and then Probably. for Drury, then is it just one guy? Is it someone like Levi Stout? Is it someone? Is it a couple of guys like a Stout and a Mora- like a Michael Morales or uh, Juan Pinto or someone like that? Like, what do you what do you want to do on that front f- to make up for the uh, the compensation on uh, on on Drury as well? Uh, first of all, don't you ever use Juan Pinto's name in trade discussions. Uh, dude's <laughs> untouchable. But uh, I, I think, you know, I, I look at it and I say, I think it would be amazing. Like if they say, hey, we'll take Hancock or Mako and Stout, like either mm-hmm. give us Hancock or give us those two. I'm definitely giving the two. Um, and I like Adam Mako quite a bit, but I'm definitely doing that. So, But I do think ultimately it's going to be something like 
Noelvi and Hancock. And then we've talked about Drury a little bit. I would be comfortable giving up Levi Stout for him. Um, again, I would like to give up a little bit less, but there's not a lot of bats that are available out there that are clear upgrades at a position of need uh, for a team that's definitely selling. So you kind of have to pay the price. So I think for me, for those three, if I'm looking at it and I'm going, hey, we'll give you, let's say, Arroyo, Hancock, and and Stout, and then maybe I have to give up somebody like Starlin Aguilar or maybe uh, maybe uh, Victor Labrada, maybe somebody like that as kind of a mm. fourth piece. But I do also wonder if maybe this is where Mike Moustakis could come in. Uh, mm. I don't think he's going to knock a ton off the price, but I think if you take Moustakis' contract and he's do something like $30 million, if you're going to do something like that, then the cost has to be either Hancock is the headliner or Hancock is no longer the number two piece. Now it's Maco or, or Pinto or Stout or Bryce Miller or whoever, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's where Moustakas might come into play, but I, I don't think – I wouldn't count on the Reds taking significantly less just because they can clear some money uh, by trading Moustakas. So I, I think for those two guys, let's say Marte, Hancock, and Stout, I think is is – pretty reasonable considering what Barrios went for last year. Yeah, thank you for mentioning Bryce Miller. I totally spaced on him when we were listing some of the pitchers earlier. So, uh, all right, so let's try to hammer this out. Um, let's just say no LV Marte. It could be any of the three guys, but let's just say no LV Marte here uh, for, for the show's sake. Emerson, because like the Moustakas thing, to me, I just, like, yeah, it would help you, but like if you're also getting Drury, where does Mustakas fit on the roster? Like, do you just outright uh, cut him as soon I, as you get him? Like, what are you doing with him? Yeah, I would just DFA him. I, I have yeah. no need for him. Um, maybe, just maybe, I can flip him uh, in like a contract swap to get something that can help me. Maybe there's a reliever with a little bit of an inflated contract that I can I can flip him, send some cash, and and Mustakas for. I mean, not this guy, but somebody on a bloated contract who's not performing, like Aroldis Chapman. Mm-hmm. Um, not Chapman, but somebody like yeah, Chapman. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe I can do that, but yeah, I'm probably just DFAing him because I don't, I don't have any use for him. I, I'm not going to use him. Um, he's not that good anymore. But it, it's, it's basically, it's like, hey, I'm willing to pay you guys like, and maybe the Reds still have to eat like half. I'm willing to pay you guys fifteen million dollars to take Adam Mako and Levi Stout from us instead of Emerson Hancock. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, maybe it's something like that, but uh, I, w- sure. I would, I would, at the end of the day, I would just cut him, DFA him. Mm-hmm. I, I don't need him. So, is that what we're doing in this deal? Then, are we adding Mike Mustakis mm-hmm. to this thing? I feel like I that gets really complicated. So, I do too. I just, yeah, yeah. All right, so let's uh, let's say Noel V. Marte, Emerson Hancock, Levi Stout, and Starling Aguilar for Brandon Drury and, and uh, Luis Castillo. Yeah, I think something like that. Um, I would give up, just to throw us out, I would give up Adam Mako and like Lazaro Montes to try and keep Hancock. Um, mm. You know, and I would just do like a five for two. But I, I think the Reds are going to want that impactful, potentially yeah. impactful starting pitcher. And to me, that's either Hancock or Brash. And I, I, I don't see the Mariners trading Brash. So I think it has to be Hancock. Mm. And if it's anything less, great. Like, yeah. I'll be thrilled. 
Yeah, if it's anything less, if you could do Bryce Miller instead of Emerson Hancock, um, Miller could be interesting here too because there's some thought he could reach the major league level at, at some point next year. So maybe the Reds want that instead of you know the injury risk with uh, with Hancock. So maybe I don't know. Maybe the other way to go about this would be like Marte, Miller, Stout, and like. Pinto, Morales, Dollard, Mako, etc. You get the point yeah. here. Yeah. I think it's time we go Galaxy Brain tie. Okay. Uh, Luis Castillo, Brandon Drury, and Jonathan India for Jared <laughs> Kelnick, Emerson Hancock, Noel V. Marte, and what what the heck, Gabby Gabby Gonzalez and Juan Pinto. <laughs> there you go. Jonathan India, second base fix for the next half year. Or half half a decade, although India is terrible at second base. But yeah. I mean, I, I would deal with it. I would deal with it. I like Jonathan India. He's cool. Yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe the Reds like Kelnick. I don't know. It's it's certainly possible. Yeah, that's true. But, that's true. That's another uh, one. I, I would be if I were the Reds. I would be interested in Kelnick. Uh, but I think if you're the Mariners, they say, "Hey, we want Kelnick." You say, "Okay, well, that's your lead piece," and they're going to say no. Yeah. And then I think that conversation dies pretty quick because I'm not giving you Kelnick and Marte uh, and Hancock for mm-hmm. a year and a half of a, a good number three, low and number two starter pitcher. I'm just not doing that. Yeah. There are limits. Yeah. There, there certainly are possibilities here for the Mariners. So there's a lot of different yeah. paths that they can take with this. And so, yeah, Jared Kelnick's another deals. one that we didn't really talk about. Um, yeah. Bryce Miller's Major. another guy. Yeah, of course. So Taylor Trammell, yeah. I've, Taylor Jamel as well. I mean, yeah, yeah. Abraham Toro. I don't know. Maybe they like some of the major leaguers. Yeah. Like the, Maybe they like Dylan Moore. <laughs> <laughs> we can only hope. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, so I think the I think if the Reds are looking like the headliner has to be a starting pitcher, Seattle's out. Uh, if the Reds are just looking for starting pitching in general to be a part of the package, I think the Mariners. Yeah. Much and I think that's ultimately yeah. where where the Castillo rumors. That's where they finish. Is do mm-hmm. they want the headline headliner to be a pitcher? Seattle can't do that. Do they just want pitching and they're okay with an offensive headliner? Seattle's in. They're in. They're interested. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like that's where we're at. I agree. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Lockdown Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidy Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, that's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. And you can follow our website, Inside the Mariners, at Inside Mariners, and you can find all that stuff in the description of this episode, wherever you're listening or watching as well. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every single day. Now make your second listen of the day locked on mlb prospects host lindsey crosby is a prospect encyclopedia and he's going deep on the mlb stars of tomorrow it's free and available wherever you get your podcasts just like us and with that have yourself a beautiful baseball day and we'll see you tomorrow peace